Okay, there's so much that I want to tell you guys about that I'm just going to jump right in. And my talk is a little bit about for you beginners that are interested in joining our data world and how you can do that. So the first thing that I want to do is kind of get on the same page about terminology because we always talk about data science, artificial intelligence, machine learning, all of these different types of concepts. But in reality, a data scientist does a very different job in one company than from another company. So you might be familiar with this graphic because it sort of shows you the three big areas of knowledge that you need to have, as Gabriela just mentioned, math and stats is certainly one of them, but also business knowledge and computer science. And what I really want to focus on is the fact that depending on which of these areas you're more interested in, you can kind of tailor your role to that area. So for example, if you are more business oriented, you can go into the business knowledge path. And if you really are more into programming and software engineering, then you go for a role that really incorporates those kinds of elements. And so now the other thing that I wanted to talk about is big data. What about it? What is the difference between data science and big data? And there certainly is one. So first of all, a regular Excel spreadsheet can handle about a million rows of data. Whereas the most recent data set that I have been working with had 92 million rows of data. So we're talking about a hundred, like hundreds of gigabytes of data. And the thing is that that still does not quite reach the limit of big data. So the official definition that comes from Gartner is that big data is data that contains greater variety, arriving in increasing volumes and with ever higher velocity. So we're talking about terabytes and petabytes of data. And if you're interested with working with big data, then that really cannot be processed with traditional techniques and technologies. And you'll have to learn some extra technologies in order to be a big data professional. But it's not necessary in order to be a data scientist or analyst or a professional in the data world. So now I want to talk to you about how to get into the data world, how to get into that type of employment. So first, I want to talk about an analysis that Genevieve Hayes did in 2019, where she looked at different job ads and kind of bucketed them into different categories of different types of jobs they can have within data science. So the first one that she mentioned was a reporting and ETL analyst. So ETL stands for Extraction, Transformation, and Loading. And this is the type of person who uh, extracts data and then creates dashboards and creates information for business stakeholders to, to look at and to make decisions from. So typically a, a job title for a person like this would be a data analyst or a BI analyst, and they would need to know SQL for sure and Excel, and then maybe some other data visualization tools like Tableau or Power BI. The next one is a data science generalist. So this is the kind of most common one um, where the job title is data science, data scientist. And this is the type of person that is engaging in modeling or as Gabriela mentioned just now, applying statistical techniques in order to solve business problems. So here you're going to need Python or R. It might depend on your company. It might depend on your personal preference and certainly SQL. You will need SQL for most of the jobs that we're going to mention here. The next one is an insights analyst. Now, an insights analyst is somebody 
that is very similar to reporting an ETL analyst because this person will be building dashboards and will be extracting insight from the data, but it's a more communications oriented job. So instead of just uh, creating a dashboard, you're also going to be giving a, a little bit more information and giving help to the decision makers at your job. Now the next kind of role is a machine learning research data scientist. And this type of person develops and deploys models from a research perspective. So when you have a machine learning model, it's not enough to just create a statistical model. You have to actually put that model into production, right? Put that model into practice for the business. And a machine learning research data scientist is somebody who's going to test those kinds of models. And typically the titles that you're going to see here is just maybe data scientist or machine learning engineer. And again, this person will need a little bit of uh, Python, R, and uh, SQL. And the next type of job here is a machine learning software engineer. And this type of person is also very important and will probably be taking the models that the research data scientists developed and actually creating them into data science products. So if you're more interested in the software engineering side of data science, then this is kind of where you would fit in. And a title that you would have would probably be a uh, machine learning engineer. And here you'll need Python, PyTorch, a little bit of TensorFlow, uh, different types of technologies. Uh, then you have a platform and warehouse engineer. So just to clarify, Genevieve did this analysis in 2019. I am sure that we need a lot more data engineers now. That would probably be the title that you would see for a job like this. And the data engineers are the ones who know where all of the data is. So that when a data scientist comes in and needs to do an analysis, the data engineer sets up the pipelines, decides where the data is going to live, decides how uh, the data scientist gets access to that data. Uh, and that's also a more technical job that you might be interested in. And finally, a data science specialist. So typically a data science specialist is hired when a company is looking to build a very specific product that has a very specific technology associated with it. So for example, if they want to build something specifically with computer vision or specifically with natural language processing, it's when they have something very concrete in mind. And this is different from a generalist because a generalist is expected to know a little bit about everything. And then once a particular project comes along to maybe deep dive into that particular area. So the next thing that I want to talk to you about are the skills that data science employers want now. Obviously you need a little bit of that math background that we talked about. Of course, you need to be able to program, but there is a set of skills that may have been ignored in the past, but that are gaining more importance now. And for example, there, those are things like communication skills. So you can build the most extraordinary mathematical model on the face of the earth that predicts something with 100% accuracy. But if you cannot convince a business stakeholder that this model is important, then you might as well have not built it because it's not going to go into production and the business is not going to use it 
It's very important to have organizational skills because within data science teams, since this is such a new field, there's a lot of chaos sometimes, a lot of research, uh, a lot of uncertainty, and sometimes processes are not put into place to the extent that they are in, in other parts of an organization. So if you are a person that has extraordinary organizational skills, then you would be very, very valuable to a data science team. Same thing with feedback and evaluation skills. Uh, I have a master's in statistics and I can assure you that we did not learn how to give feedback or how to evaluate within that master's program. So if you're coming from a business background, a leadership background where you've been giving people feedback for years, this is extraordinarily valuable because obviously both positive and negative feedback is very important for the performance of your team. And now this next one, critical thinking, extraordinarily important because it's not enough to just want to play around with the most recent data science technologies that are out there. As data scientists, of course, we all want to, but the reality is that you need to be able to combine those technologies with what the business needs. And for that, you need to be able to think critically and you need to be able to think creatively. Uh, same thing for leadership and management. If you have experience in these roles, that is fantastic because data science teams don't necessarily follow the traditional trajectory that a business team would. So uh, maybe data scientists aren't so interested in management roles or aren't so interested in taking leadership on a project and really just want to focus on coding and developing their data science skills. So if you bring leadership and management skills to the table, then you're going to be extremely valuable to a data science team. And finally, creativity and innovation. I know important in every single field, but if you feel stuck wherever you are now and you feel like you're not exposing your maximum creative potential, data science is definitely the field for you because we have an extraordinary amount of creativity and innovation. So if you have that to give, then we definitely want to take it from you. So how do you become a data scientist? How do you start doing these things? So the first thing is talk to as many people as possible. Become very clear about what types of data science jobs are out there and what kind of job would be right for you. And once you have that clear and you look at job advertisements, you can sort of get a, a sense of what kind of job is appropriate for you and what kind of job you wouldn't be happy in. Learning to program is non-negotiable. <laughs> you, you must do it. If you are a student, if you're young, if you're just getting into the field, then of course you have more opportunities to either get a master's degree in data science or uh, spend more time on this. But if you're already a professional that's been in the field for, for quite a while, then perhaps you don't have that kind of time. So I personally was in academia for seven years before I transferred over to data science and I did a boot camp. And the boot camp was at IE University and it was phenomenal. I left the boot camp and after 11 weeks of studying, I had my first job offer within three weeks. So learning to program is definitely something that you should consider doing. 
And then your work doesn't start stop there. So once you finish the boot camp, you should work on your own projects independently, publish them online. There are great uh, places where you can do this, like Kaggle or Git, GitHub. And just think of a task in your life that is repetitive and that you would like to automate and do for yourself and then use your data science knowledge in order to, to automate that task so that you can show that you have that passion and interest and under, understanding of data science, even if you don't have a master's degree in a particular field. Polish your CV, make sure that it is data science friendly. If your CV is very geared towards business, make sure that it is appropriate towards data science. The other thing I would like to tell you is that a lot of data science job ads kind of include a laundry list of every single thing that in exists within data science. And you absolutely do not have to have every single one of those skills, your employers know that so also do not lie on your cv be honest about what you know and what you're willing to learn and finally build a network that includes other data scientists i know there's covid going on right now so maybe it's difficult to attend events but we have virtual events like this if you don't know other data scientists well now you know me so you are welcome to reach out to me whenever you want i'm sure a lot of the speakers that were here and a lot of people that attended this conference would be very happy to talk to you and give you advice and the more that you hang out with other data scientists, the more that you'll understand the field and what you need to do in order to succeed in it. And finally, if your organization is starting a data science team, if your organization is starting some kind of department for uh, AI in general, and you would like to transfer over to that department, I see no harm at all in asking if you can do some kind of project for that team to see if you can get access to some data and in your free time work on a little mini project to see if you can deliver value to your company through data. And that would be a really extraordinary first step within your own company to move over to data science. And that's it for now. I have a lot more that I would love to share with you, but if you have any questions, I am very, very happy to answer them for you. Awesome, Ina, thank you so very much for that talk. We do have a lot of questions and comments that have been flying in for you. So hopefully you've got another couple of minutes to stick around. So first of all, thank you for that presentation. I think you inspired a lot of people who are either starting out in data science or are you know further along in their career wanting to make that switch. You gave a lot of great tips. And I absolutely love that you mentioned organizational skills. I think people talk about the technical side of things. They talk about communication and kind of the softer side of things. But there is just the basics of even managing a project. And that organizational skill set is just so important. So thank you for mentioning that. Um, a lot of great questions and comments. I know you mentioned a huge data set. So a lot of comments on how big that data is. And um, Roselle here is asking, how do you get experience handling large data sets outside of having a job with it? I think that's an excellent question. So a great place to start is Kaggle. 
you're probably going to need to learn how to use some kind of cloud computing like AWS or Google or Microsoft, whatever you prefer, and because your own computer is probably not going to be able to handle analyzing all of the data. So go on to Kaggle, check out some of the competitions that they have, and then start looking into cloud computing and set up an account with one of these organizations. Awesome, thank you for that. Uh, another question here, how do you prove how do you prove in a portfolio your okay, so basically how can you prove your SQL knowledge in a portfolio? So typically it wouldn't be in the portfolio. Usually when you go through a data science interview, if you put on your CV that you know SQL, then in the interview, they're going to ask you SQL questions or they're going to actually ask you to write out a query or code. Uh, I've never gone through an interview where I didn't have to do that. So they'll be able to assess whether you know it or not. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that makes sense. Um, Fernando's asking, what are some more business-oriented roles in data science? So I guess not the tech-heavy roles. There are a lot. So for example, right now, I'm a product manager. And my role is to be between the business stakeholders and the AI stakeholders in order to make sure that whatever AI projects the business wants also makes sense for the AI team. And I'm a go-between because I'm able to speak both languages and then make sure that the uh, expectations are being managed, the goals are being met, that everybody's happy and aligned on what we're going to do. So that's one of the things. If you even if you do a boot camp or you learn data science terminology, you can work in a role where you speak both the business language and the tech language, and you are a kind of translator. So there yes. is actually a job called data translator where you go between the two uh, areas. I can see that as being extremely important as the business and the technical teams tend to speak different languages at times, which leads us to the next question here from, well, it's a comment from George, but I had a question as a follow-up. So he likes that communication skills are at the top of your list. And I wanted to ask, how do you think uh, maybe people starting out in data science can actually practice their communication skills? That's a really great question. So I would say trying your best to do events like this <laughs> whenever you can get uh, a presentation, even if it's maybe at a smaller conference and not something as extraordinary as dedicated, <laughs> then you should take that opportunity. And also practice with your family, with your friends, because the number one thing is really getting over that embarrassment, right? Mm -hmm. So when you create a project, try to explain it to somebody who knows nothing about tech tell your grandmother, tell whoever, like your little sister. And if they get what you're saying, then your communication skills are absolutely improving. I absolutely agree with everything you just said. I'll add one more thing that if you don't have family and friends, hey, some people might not, you can take a video camera, right? Take your cell phone and record yourself to practice. I think that's another thing you can do is you can put that out on social media if you're comfortable and ask for feedback um, because absolutely. people are, are hopeful and they might um, provide some feedback for you. Yeah, and it might be a good start because that way you don't need to do it in front of people actually. So you record it, but you don't have to have somebody it's, staring at you. It's practice for the virtual world. Yeah, because the, the way we live in now, it's like, I'm in my bedroom, right? There are people listening, but they're not here. 
So, <laughs> next question is from Natasha. Any book recommendations for newbies for data science? Oh, absolutely. So the big one, it's technically a book about how to program in R. It is called uh, Machine Learning with R and it's by Brett Lance. It's actually published by Pact. Uh, oh. But it's really great because it teaches you about the machine learning algorithms and the theory behind it. And it is so digestible. I promise you that you will read this book and understand all of the concepts in it and also learn machine learning algorithms. And you can even download R and practice running the models with the data sets and, and everything. It's really, really, really great. Awesome. Guys, go check that out. And uh, comment here from Jennifer. Yes talk to people. She accidentally got a job offer because she was talking to people about what they do. I think that's awesome. <laughs> so Go, Jennifer. In, yeah, in this virtual world, what, what's your recommendation for talking to people? What can they do? Well, LinkedIn is a fantastic resource. So people actually reach out to me all the time and I make a really big effort to speak to everybody who reaches out to me. And if people ask me for advice, then I make a big effort to even schedule a call with them. So see if people that you admire are willing to speak to you, you would be surprised. All of us were once at a point where we were lost and scared and didn't know if we would get the job that we wanted or be able to come into data science or whatever. So I think that we have a lot of empathy for those of you who are trying to come into this field and you would be surprised how welcoming people will be. So right now, LinkedIn, excellent resource. Look at the posts that you see uh, message those people, talk to those people, and I'm sure that they'll be willing to communicate with you. The worst that could happen is that they don't respond. Very, very little rejection. <laughs> Absolutely. I always recommend LinkedIn. That's actually how I got started um, in data, is just talking to people, and I found them all on LinkedIn. Um, all right, question here from Diane. I love this question. How did you achieve being able to speak both languages, business and data? So that is a great question. And the data certainly comes from doing the bootcamp, doing my own courses, learning a little bit on my own. And there you'll learn all of the tech that you need to know. But the business part, so I studied psychology and the business part was very new to me. And what ended up happening is just using your soft skills. So once you join a company, uh, you will join the data science team maybe or the tech team and try to speak as much as you possibly can to the business people. If it's not within a company, then just in your inner circle, you probably know people who have some kind of job in, in business. Talk to them as much as you can. Ask them about their jobs. Ask them to explain what they're doing. Look at the words that they use. Like I remember in my boot camp when I first started, I didn't know what a KPI was, which is a key performance indicator in case anyone else is also in that situation. And you learn this language, you learn these words and um, you actually, you make an effort to do it, right? So you have empathy, emotional intelligence, uh, listening skills, and then you pick up a little bit of both. Yeah, absolutely. I think it also starts with an interest in actually having the ability to speak both languages. Some people are just comfortable in either being the communication side of things or the technical side of things. So I guess you went into this knowing you want to be that person that can speak to both teams. 
Yeah, I I was always clear that I didn't want to be a super, super technical data scientist where I would have no communications role because I love doing things like this, right? Uh, and I, I love bringing people together too. So I thought that this would be a, a great role for me. And so I actively tried to learn about the business side and then also the technically technical side. If you're asking me that question, I'm assuming that you're also interested. And so I'm sure you'll you'll figure out a way to do it. Yes. And I think we have time for one last question. It's an interesting one from Bharat. If you're uncomfortable talking or presenting, can we resort to writing and publishing instead? It depends. So I think if you are very technical and you want to work as a data scientist, for example, really what your goal is, is when you create something, you want it to be used. So it'll be very, very frustrating for you if you create something phenomenal and then you're unable to convince the business stakeholders who actually make the decisions to use it. So what you have in a lot of companies is a person like me where hopefully uh, I'll be able to talk to you and you'll be able to explain to me just privately what it is that you're interested in. And then I'll communicate your interests to the business side. And if you, and I'll make sure that everyone knows that it's you who did this, right? I'm, I'm not the data scientist, I'm just the communicator. And if you yourself want to be able to communicate, then of course you can write on any kind of platform. You can have a blog. Like if you're going for interviews, that's a really great idea for you if you feel more comfortable for writing. But what medium you use for communication really depends on what your goal is. Absolutely. Thank you for that. And Ina, I know we are at time, so I really want to thank you so much for helping us close this event. Um, I'm going to see you online. There's still so many questions and comments for you, like you wouldn't believe from everyone who I think is breaking into data science. <laughs> so to hop over to LinkedIn and um, respond to a couple of those, that would be really helpful. Absolutely, I am here for you. And if you want, feel free to reach out to me. I promise I'll get to all 500 of you or whatever <laughs> if, you, if you message me. Awesome. Wow, you're the only one who has promised that. So guys, reach out. Maybe to not me. today. Maybe not today, but sometime this week. 